Good afternoon and good morning. This is Mark Johnson, CEO of Loyalty360, welcoming you to another episode of our Leaders and Customer Loyalty Podcast. In this series, we talk to the leading brands about what they are seeing and hearing on the front lines of customer, channel, and brand loyalty. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Johannes Arians, who's the CEO and co-founder of Lodge. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing today? Doing well, thanks. Thanks for taking the time to talk to us today. Can you give us a brief introduction, an overview of Lodge Hotel and your role with the company? Yeah, sure. Uh, Lodge is a recreationally oriented hotel and camping concept. Uh, We started three years ago and uh, since then have uh, grown to six locations and multiple more on a runway in four states, uh, Oregon, Washington, uh, California, and Colorado. And um, yeah, we've uh, we've been growing quite quickly and have a really strong customer retention rate and uh, loyalty uh, kind of engagement platform uh, with our customers. And my role at the company is a co-founder and CEO of the company. Excellent. Uh, can you talk a little bit more just about uh, Lodge? Uh, I looked on your website. It looks like a very unique kind of experiential outdoors uh, you know, entity. Uh, you mentioned the states you're involved in. That kind of speaks to that as well. Can you talk about how you came up with the idea, uh, what uh, people can expect when they kind of come to a Lodge property, and then kind of what the vision for the, the organization is? It looks uh, quite interesting. Yeah, sure. So it's kind of interesting when we when we got going. Uh, my partner and I are both pretty active outdoor recreationalists and just spend a lot of time uh, traveling and and you know sleeping in the back of our cars and and that kind of thing uh, out on the road. And what what we sort of picked up on along the way, you know, and there's there's obviously a much longer story that I don't think we have time for today, but um, it's sort of this idea that that there's all these places out there that any one user actually spends kind of a, you know, a majority of their time. And, and usually those places are, say, two, three hours away from, from where they live. They're jumping in their car and kind of driving out for that long weekend. And, um, and then you have these places where, you know, kind of the, the more known destinations, you might call them like class A markets or whatever it might be, where any one user actually spends the pretty extreme minority of their, their recreating and discretionary time. And those places would be, you know, kind of the Aspen and Jackson Holes of the world, which are really well suited for that user. You know, if you're a skier, there's all kinds of kind of amenities and things along those, along those lines for you. Um, but but for those users, there's actually, you know, you're you're not there that often. You might go to those kinds of places, maybe that immersive co- uh, surf trip or something along those lines, uh, once every couple of years, whatever it might be, versus you know, that, that kind of second home type place where you spend your time, you know, you're going 10, 15, 20 times a year, uh, okay. really just not a lot for those people. And, and that's kind of who we were. And a lot of the places that we put lodges are places just like that, that you're going, you know, a few hours from your house and you're going there, you know, just a whole lot. Right. And, and you don't necessarily need a ton from a guide or amenity type service, but you do want a cool place to hang out that really also aligns with your value set. And that was kind of the other big thing we saw uh, as a miss in the kind of existing hospitality industry was, was really brands that kind of act and understood what their role with their customer was in, in helping build that customer identity around being a lifestyle brand. Um, and so, so those were kind of the two big things that combined uh, Created Lodge. That's awesome. And then h- how big is each individual lodge and kind of what, what, what is the, what does a property makeup look like? Or is that going to depend on uh, if, if one's in Breckenridge, it may look a little different than one is in Leavenworth or 
how does that uh, kind of the, kind of the, the, the property itself feel? Yeah, yeah. So so varies a bit by location, right? And so so we one big thing that we talk a lot about is and and sort of what we didn't see a lot of the hospitality industry doing is they're letting their operation and the size of their operation that they need to be able to function be the thing that tells them where they can or cannot go versus having the places that they know that they have customers and would be successful at being the thing that they tell them where they should or should not go and then adapting your operational model to it. And so we call it right-sizing. And so if you're, you know, two or three hours from necessarily not, not necessarily a giant city and you just don't need a really big property, but you still absolutely have people that go there, you know, multiple times throughout the year to recreate, um, you might not need a hundred units, right? You might need 20. Um, and, and that's the right size for that market. And so then the trick is figuring out how to create the operation that can support and st while still offering, you know, something special to those customers can support that size of a property. And that's really what we focused a lot on from day one was operational efficiency to be able to effectively pull off uh, these smaller properties, which are really right sized for these unique markets. Um, if that, if that answers your question. Absolutely. Yeah. Perfect. I think you mentioned a little earlier, customer loyalty is pretty important to me, uh, important to uh, you. Um, you talked about it a little bit. So what does customer loyalty mean for Lodge Hotels and, and to your, yourself? And what, what does that mean from a connotative, denotative perspective? Yeah, it's interesting. So right now, uh, since we opened, 30% of our customers are return customers. Okay. Uh, and then on matured properties, we run roughly an 85% book, direct booking rate. Um, and that is exceptional for the hospitality industry. We have people that will stay with us between 10 and 15 times a year. And outside of business travel, that's in, in the leisure travel space, that's absolutely unheard of. Uh, what that really says about the, the business is that our customers are, are really, really loyal and we understand the places that they want to go on a regular basis, right? It's, it's that, that kind of a idea of that second home concept. And, um, and so with that, we've really, you know, work to create a loyalty program that is a little less than less or a little different than what you see across the rest of the hospitality industry, which is more focused on kind of points and, and, and sort of that pretty kind of classic airline mile hotel status type thing. We do have aspirations to create a version of that, that better aligns to how our customers use our product. But really when we think about loyalty today, it's more about, you know, kind of more of the, what might be considered the more relational way to think about it, which is how are we driving loyalty to our customers so that they want to, to continue to interact with us as a brand uh, beyond just points, right? And so when we talk about, for instance, uh, you know, 30% of our customers to date are return customers, are direct booking rates, things like that, that's really not based on specific incentives that we're offering, but more of how we think about loyalty relative to kind of the relationship that is involved with coming back to a place and knowing that it's a place that represents that customer and why they would want to be loyal to it. Hey, awesome. So uh, can building a brand in, in this environment, uh, I think could be either challenging or potentially a, a quite robust with regard to kind of getting away and kind of being unique and smaller and more kind of focused properties. You know, how has Lodge worked to, build or strengthen relationships with the customers uh, in, in this era of COVID-19? 
Sure. Yeah. I think I think one of the biggest things that we've done, especially kind of relative to COVID specifically, is really high in degrees of uh, transparency. And so, so when when we closed down back in March, and, and for a little context, we closed all of our properties in March, uh, kind of the beginning of of uh, COVID really getting going here in the United States, and um, and made the call pretty early on to be closed through July 1st, which we maintained and, and did just open on July 1st, last Thursday. And, um, and through that time period, we did a few things to ensure that, that we were, you know, really keeping our customers in mind and, and how we reopen and reopen sustainably for the kind of long term. And, and a lot of that was a function of kind of flexing our brand and the relationship that we do have with our customers, which is somewhat of a, you know, kind of call it an authority on travel. Um, and so we leaned into what we call the, the go together code and we built effectively um, kind of branded code type uh, messaging, which really act, acted as sort of the, the book for, you know, how do you road trip? How do you outdoor barbecue? How do you live music and, and issued these out to our customers so they could really understand, okay, the idea that right now, you know, back maybe in April, we're figuring out how to walk by each other on a sidewalk or go to a grocery store because that's something that used to be quite normal, but now we have to like figure that out. And, and we sort of have to do that for a whole lot of things. Right. And so looking at our customer experience and going, okay, people want to get out, but there's going to be an uneasiness about that. And so as a travel brand and a brand that has a good relationship with our customers, we can really lean into that and, and go, okay, Hey, we're going to, we're going to help figure this out together so that we can get back outside and get back to wellness and, you know, kind of maintaining a healthy lifestyle while doing so in, in this kind of challenging COVID environment that we're in. Um, and so issuing guidance in that way to our customers. And then also for, for our customers making available the same guidance that we're issuing to, issuing to our crews internally and to our vendors. So we didn't only build go-together codes for our customers, but also for all of our crew and all of our vendors. And then we made all of that open source for all of our customers to see so they could really understand and kind of make their own call relative to how they feel about going back out, uh, what they're walking into and going, okay, how is Lodge actually addressing this kind of, you know, nuts to bolts. And, uh, and that was the approach that we took. And I think a big part of, of how we kind of leaned into the customer relationship that we do have is is sort of that that transparency approach when it's like all right we're gonna really do our best to you know inform our customers to the greatest extent possible and then give them the room to to make the call okay excellent so you have a season pass program as well correct can you tell us a little about that and how that's driving customer loyalty program and kind of the the, the what you get for five hundred dollars and kind of the unique uh experiences that uh you can get at different properties Sure. Yeah. So the, the season pass uh, program is actually just a beta program that we ran quite early on to okay. help us understand how our most loyal customers would want to interact with the product with uh, with the product. And so what what it basically works is sort of a, a discounted pre-purchase program that, um, you know, if you're a, a repeat user was going to be really, really favorable. And we we ran that, uh, you know, I guess you could call it analog and uh you know excel spreadsheets and whatnot to really just gain an idea for for what sort of investment we would want to make in a plat from a platform perspective to to bring that program more to life on an ongoing basis and that's something that 
you know, as we look back over our customer history and, and start to understand how just how many of our customers are staying with us on a regular basis for, you know, a bulk of their um, what would be recreational travel. Um, that program is is something that, although currently not live, we intend to to bring back and probably add a lot of value onto now that we're also multi-location. Okay. And, and, and how many people stay on, what's the average size of the, the property? Does it have unique rooms or kind of a hotel or is it more of kind of a, kind of an open lodge with, you know, uh, what is, what is that, uh, the kind of the, the lodging environment itself look like? Yeah. So, so, you know, high level, our, our approach is we actually go and, and our strategy is to um, locate mid-century motels with, open corridors and, and effectively do quite major renovations on them to, uh, you know, a lot of times there may, may have deferred maintenance and things along those lines. And, uh, and so if you think about kind of your classic roadside motel, uh, you've got the exterior corridors, your parking spot right in front of your room. Um, and so kind of from a structural makeup perspective, the bulk of our, what would be considered um, stay inventory, room inventory is in a pretty traditional hotel room. Um, something that's been renovated and kind of very much cleaned up from its, uh, its original spot. But, but by and large, doesn't actually act a whole lot differently than what you would expect to find in sort of a, a roadside motel okay. that has been, uh, you know, kind of creatively remodeled and then heavily technology enabled. And so we have full um, contactless check-in. You get a text message with a key code in the morning to your phone. You can go straight to your room. You never have to go to a front desk. Uh, and, and, you know, those kinds of things, you can add on uh, features to your room, such as a you know, six pack of beer or whatever that might be to, to really minimize, you know, especially in the kind of post COVID world to minimize having to go into shared spaces. And that was something that we've actually done since we began. Uh, but over the course of our closure period, really in, kind of enhanced and improved our, our sort of technological support uh, stack to, to really make that, that process quite seamless. Interesting. And how many people actually partake in the customization? And is that, it, it, it would seem that with uh, your clientele, that would uh, kind of be active, outdoors, engaged, that it could be something that'd be very unique from a kind of engagement level. Yeah, last time I checked, and this is actually changing quite a bit now because the new, the new uh, platform we're using makes it quite a bit easier. But last time I checked, I believe we were at 1.78 transactions per room night. Okay, well. Interesting. So, everybody a couple times. Okay, great. The easy way to, yeah. That's good. That's a good number. It's a great number, actually. Then, how does your brand communicate with customers? How does how does someone find out about Lodge and kind of you know, what what is the kind of the the, the acquisition kind of lifestyle uh, life cycle management process <laughs> look like? Yeah. So so sort of a number of ways, right? You're you know once you stay with us, uh, our as I, as I mentioned a few times, our, our customer return rate and loyalty rate is very, very high. Um, and so, so customer acquisition is really, is really where, um, where the, the kind of important part is. And so a few ways to do that. One um, would be, you know, what you would expect to see in a lot of traditional hotels. And that's things like Airbnb listing, Expedia bookings, you know, kind of all the third parties. Um, and, and we are very active on, on all of those. And, and really to be a you know, multi-location hotel brand, especially a younger brand, that's a very, very powerful channel for initial customer acquisition. Um, it's really what you do with those folks afterwards that gets them to 
come back and realize that they're actually getting a lot more value. And it's a place that kind of better aligns with their, their sort of value set and, and consumer preference um, in a way that's a lot different than what they might generally find on those third-party booking engines, such as the Best Western or something along those lines. Um, so that's a, that's a major initial customer acquisition channel for us, um, or channels for us, I should say. And then beyond that, we also, in the lifestyle space, really lean into you know, Instagram, social media channels to create, um, you know, to kind of create, act, and move a lot more like what you would see from what is often kind of the lifestyle consumer goods, uh, brand strategies. You would see this kind of thing in like Tom's Shoes and uh, Warby Parker, those kinds of brands that really took a product that was relatively commoditized in their space and, and then overlaid a, a lifestyle brand with it and really brought those things that their consumer cared about. So maybe it's, um, you know, Tom's is giving shoes or uh, same thing with Warby Parker with glasses. You know, what are their giving programs? What are their value sets? And how then how are you communicating that through your social messaging and other messaging channels such as podcasts? Uh, we recently rolled out a magazine uh, which is available in all of our rooms. And that really talks a lot more about our carbon offset program, our nonprofit giving program. You know, the fact that we're, instead of building new hotels from the ground up, we're renovating old hotels, which from a carbon footprint and environmental perspective is drastically less impactful than building something up from, from the ground up um, while we're still, you know, in within these structures, creating very sound businesses that are, are strong contributors to the community. Interesting. Okay. And when you look at emotional loyalty, uh, what does emotional loyalty mean to, to you and your organization, especially uh, kind of, kind of the, you know, the, the passionate outdoors, uh, uh, you know, audience that you are kind of, kind of attracting and, and, and marketing to? Yeah, it's interesting. So in our, in our uh, most recent strategy that we're, that we're deploying on right now for the next 18 months, actually uh, really figuring out ways to establish and measure customer trust, which would be a, a similar way to address this is, is something we're really, really focused on. And there's a number of ways to, to kind of understand that. And one, um, obviously, that I would say that the easy one and something that isn't very unique to us is uh, return stays, right? If someone comes back um, knowingly and books direct, they're, they're seeking us out specifically because they believe in, in really kind of the brand and, and product promise that, that they're familiar with and, and kind of agreed to the first time. And then um, other sort of more unique ways is, is actually we look at um, engagement with ancillary services. So be that, you know, cafe transactions, gear transactions, um, in-room gear usage, and, and sort of the, the extras that take the lodge experience past kind of being a typical sort of place to stay the night to a bit more of an experiential type product. Um, the degree of usage within that is where we really look at what the emotional connection looks like, as well as engagement with our organic social posting and, and how people kind of resonate with our process and, and our messaging. Okay. You, you mentioned a couple of times kind of your corporate social responsibility approach and perspective. Again, it, it seemed to be part and parcel for your audience for sure. Uh, what are you doing in that regard? You talked about kind of emissions and waste. And what are you guys doing in that regard? And obviously building kind of renovating versus kind of complete teardown and redo is much more environmentally friendly. Uh, you know, what are some other things that you're doing in that regard? 
Yeah, so so there's kind of a, a, a couple different verticals that we that we really focus on. One is uh, environmental. Uh, that's a that's a big one, and and there's kind of a, a backstory to that. And so so the high level is uh, we take one percent uh, top line off of every one of our our properties revenue, and that goes to a local nonprofit who is generally focused on um, public land stewardship and education. So that might be a outdoor avalanche center um, doing avalanche forecasting or a local trail builder or something, some type of organization that's effectively supporting the assets which our customers use when they come to stay. Um, there's a kind of a unique and, and somewhat odd situation relative to responsibility that has a lot to do with kind of where you get a lot of like localism and things along those lines. And effectively what that, how that kind of works out for a lot of, a lot of folks that live in these communities is they end up kind of carrying what would be a disproportionate weight and responsibility for maintaining these, these public places and these natural assets relative to the usership and, and the thing that, you know, really fuels our business, which is people coming to, go ride on a trail, you know, or whatever that might be. And, you know, of course we're, we're paying taxes in that local community or whatever it might be, but we're, you know, generally not, you know, that, that, that tourist generally isn't a major contributor to that local nonprofit that they're, you know, when they're coming there, you know, they're absolutely reliant on that avalanche forecast, right? Yet they may not even know the organization that is supporting that forecaster. And, and that local community is, is very, very involved with that that local nonprofit and, and, you know, is ultimately responsible for making sure that organization stays healthy. And, and so we just saw kind of an imbalance there in a way to integrate our business in with the local community in a way that, that we felt might also drive a bit of a better experience for our, for our user, because there's kind of the idea, and this was one of the very early Airbnb kind of concepts was like, live like a local and, and how can you actually lean into that across your business? And one of the, the powerful ways we saw to do that was through our giving program um, to, to really give our customers a sense of feeling that they're participating in, you know, kind of supporting these local nonprofits that support um, kind of the reason and the places that, that they come to. And so that was a, a big part of it. And then the other um, side or a few of the other sides is the, our carbon, our carbon offset program, which okay. effectively is acknowledging that, that travel is, you know, does, increase your carbon footprint, right? You're driving places, you're flying places and, and giving our customers a way to, to offset their carbon through, um, through our business was, was just another way that we saw to participate with that. And then the, and then lastly, our, at the corporate level, uh, we give another half to 1% of our total top line revenue to, um, an organization called the service board and they're a Seattle based, uh, social justice organization, which really focuses on um, getting kids both outside and and empowerment around, um, I don't know, the sort of uh, kind of self empowerment might be a way to 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 say it, as well as inclusion in the outdoors. Interesting. Okay. Perfect. So, w what is the biggest challenge you faced as a as a marketer as a brand right now? Yeah, that's a good one. Um, there's a lot of, of challenges out there right now in that, in that regard. You know, I think, I think one of the most difficult ones is, is there's so, there's kind of, there's so much that is, is going on in the world, in the world between um, COVID and, and, and DEI concerns. And, and I would say 
all those things are incredibly important. And, right. and as a brand, how to, how to balance, you know, the really the, especially in a, in a company like ours where we've literally been closed for the last four months and, you know, we're going to be recovering from this for years, how to balance messaging our values and the things that we really care about as a, as a brand from kind of a, a value set with the just, you know, frankly, outright, outright need to generate revenue, right? We've, we've literally been closed. You know, the hotel business is a, is a business where you're open 365 days a year. Um, we opened our doors on Memorial Day of 2017 and had been open every single second since then until March 17th. Um, our business is designed and modeled to never be closed. And, and so when that happens, the, the implications of that are very, very significant. Absolutely. And so I'd say, you know, as a, as a, as a marketer and, and, and kind of brand manager, one of the most difficult things to, to kind of walk the line on is, is, you know, how do we, how do we message what we care about when acknowledging that, you know, we, we had to lay off our entire marketing team, right? Like that's just real. And I think in, in the hospitality space, that's, not unusual right now, but maybe difficult for, for folks to understand um, just kind of what resources we do actually have at our disposal and, and just how desperately we need to be able to drive the business to be able to stay open and hopefully address these, these issues that we are very kind of pretty, you know, I would, I would say highly, highly interested in, in exploring and being a part of. But without being, you know, without being a, a sustainable and, you know, effectively functional business, uh, the long-term ability for us to create impact in those spaces is very, very challenging. And Absolutely. so, you know, measuring and, and kind of deciding where you distribute your bandwidth to is is extremely challenging. Well, I think this is great. I, I appreciate uh, you taking the time and talking with us today. It was great to hear your story. and. Uh, yeah, looking forward to hearing more from you in 2020, and I appreciate the time. Okay, that sounds great.